Welcome to the Aquademia podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. This episode of Aquademia is sponsored by Grant Thornton. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this live <laughs> in-person episode of the Aquademia podcast, live from Responsible Seafood Summit 2023. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And today we are live in person at the event. We are sitting down with Toby Corey, who is the COO of Cruise Foam, who is the Seafood Innovation Award winner from last year, 2022. And we're going to talk about that what that was like um in a minute and all about cruise foam because this is a seafood innovation episode so we're going to be talking about some cool new technologies and some innovative innovative products but before we do that obviously like we always do we want to meet our guests so toby give us the rundown who are you where'd you come from how'd you get to where you are now yeah awesome toby Corey, uh cruise foams in santa cruz california for those that don't know that and it's uh renowned for its surfing um in any <laughs> event and cruise foam um, let's see here. Uh, going backwards, um, I have always been a disruptor and looking for unique paradigm shifts that benefit humanity throughout my entire career. I started in technology, actually created the world's largest web development company, took it public, and retired early in life. And uh, like all restless souls, um, you know, kind of just surfing and being a beach bum, there's more to life than that. So, yeah. I seem uh, to know a lot of people that just are, they fail at retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still failing at it. Yeah. <laughs> But I met Dr. Richard Leakey, who since passed away, the famous Leakey family. I joined his nonprofit board, Wildlife Direct, and really focused on preserving um, biodiversity. And he wrote a book called The Sixth Extinction in the mid-90s. And unfortunately, it's all coming true. The situation that we're under, all caused by largely human behavior. And uh, so shifted my career. I uh, taught uh, entrepreneurship at Stanford for 11 years, two courses there. I was Solar City's chief revenue officer, and before Cruise Foam, I ran Tesla Energy Group, really focused on trying to get more renewable energy, hmm. more sustainable platform. And then um, six years ago, I met John Fels and Marco Orlandi, our two co-founders. They just spun out a university at California, Santa Cruz. It was a PhD research project. They were working on how to create a biofoam, uh, a, a material that could truly replace polystyrene and polyethylene and other foams that sit in landfill for four or 500 years and um, how to do that in a, in a way that could scale, that could meet you know, really tight cost constraints that customers have at the same time, be able to perform and have the properties that are needed to meet a wide variety of applications. So I joined on six years ago, I joined the board and then a little over two and a half years ago, just jumped in full time as I'm bad at retiring. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> here I am right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, welcome, we're so excited to have you on the show. And I remember last year at the Goal Conference in Seattle, you were nominated. You were one of the finalists for the Innovation Award. And what's really cool about the Innovation Award is we do live voting on site. And I remember I voted for Cruise Foam. There you so go. I'm so happy to have you. There was the never show. a doubt. There's never. <laughs> I, <that> I have <laughs> been like trying to figure out a way to get Cruise Foam on the podcasts since you were since before. You were the winner because I just heard about it and I was like, this is the coolest thing. And then I was never able to pull it together. But now here yeah. we are. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So um, talk to us about Cruise Foam. Talk to us about the, okay. the product itself because this is really, really cool. It's really different. So, yeah. So let's start with the problem. 
Yeah, so let's start with the problem. There's too much um, polystyrene, polyethylene, and other petroleum-based Anyone materials. Anyone who's ever done anything in shipping? Yeah, you know, single-use plastics, 380 million metric tons a year are dropped somewhere around our planet. Less than 7% of that is actually recycled, so it's a really, really significant problem. And what I got excited about when I first met John and Marco, at the time, we all loved to surf and uh, the team was focused on creating a, a compostable surfboard blanket. And there are a lot of those over, you know, millions of those that also end up in landfill every year. But it's a hard application. What really intrigued me, though, was that it's, I call it like the trifecta. There's been a lot of biomaterials out there. And one, you've got to meet a, a range of requirements. The, foam, the materials have a certain set of properties. That in and of itself is really hard. The other two problems, which is where I think the materials innovation has, has been really challenged is how do you scale it? How do you do it cost effectively? Because customers don't want to pay more, right? And so the fact that when the first idea, when I talked to John and Marco, they said, we're going to create a material that can run on existing manufacturing extrusion equipment. And I thought if they can figure that out, that's a really big idea because in today's, just think about how constrained our supply chains are today. If I had to go out and build manufacturing facilities around the world, one, the cost would have to pass through into the material. Just the time to really scale something and solve unique customer needs would be really challenging. So like that in and of itself was the portability and the expandability and scalability of the platform. And that drives your costs down as well too. So that was really the focus. Like, and obviously the seafood industry loses lots of polystyrene. You know, most of the, uh, the preserve that, that fish and the seafood, um, they need to be at a certain temperature. And that largely, it's hard to beat the thermal and insulation proper um, properties of, of that material. So that was really what we were focused on. But the really key to it, um, I remember, you know, working at Tesla back in the day and hearing Elon talk about the first green movement started in the early 2000s. And he said, and, and a lot of them, it was early. Most of them failed. And Elon's take on it was like, the market isn't going to accept inferior products that cost more. And I thought like that really resonated with me. You've got to find a way to del truly deliver value and do it at a cost structure that, that the market's going to bear. So, yeah. That, that, re that really stayed with me. So the big, um, and of course, when you start a new venture, is the market going to be there? Are customers going to be there? You don't really know that till you know, you're trying to peg like macroeconomic issues. But two and a half years ago, when I sat down with John and went through our sales pipeline, I was blown away. Like literally, uh, you know, a pipeline of over 500 really interested customers. And these aren't like mom and pop. These are the likes of like Whirlpool, General Electric, Ace Hardware, Colgate Palmolive, Sony, Vizio, Amazon, and the list just goes on and on. So that really signaled to me that finally businesses have got the wake up call. And what they're really looking at is with their sustainability, uh, uh, corporate social responsibility or ESG goals. And this, this opportunity really focused on scope three. So how do you, and it's called insetting, and like how do you really begin to allow them to meet their sustainability goals and get rid of the polystyrene and polyethylene, et cetera, but do it in a way that works great, is scalable, and is cost-effective. Seems so easy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is not, right? There's, you have to check all those boxes. Yeah, it, it's immensely technical. Like to figure how to produce something that runs on existing trillions of dollars of manufacturing equipment that's not meant to run this kind of novel material. So there was an insane amount of like really talented people, engineers and scientists and manufacturing folks that understood 
how to actually pull that off. And um, it was really remarkable to watch. It was really, a, you know, a really heavy journey, hard lift. But, you know, our mission is really to accelerate the adoption of sustainable material. So I think we've never wavered on that, despite, you know, of any early stage company, lots of highs, lots of lows, and lots of stuff in between. So you mentioned um, that there are certain standards for packaging material, and I'm curious if you could, in layman's terms, give us a rundown of what what you what kind of standards you need to meet in order to be the source for different companies. So let's start. I think the most important thing is it has to have the thermal properties and insulation properties that the the current market product has. So that is just like minimum table stakes to, to get into the space, right? So it has to perform as good, if not better. The second most important thing is that it has got to carry all of the environmental credentials that you'd expect. So this foam is 100% compostable. It's 100% biodegradable, made with natural ingredients. As a matter of fact, 70% of our ingredients are upcycled. So they divert from going to landfill. And uh, in, in several types of applications, it's more complex, but we can either, uh, and the compostability, not only is it ASTMD 6400, which is industrial compost, also to be able to home compost. So we're looking at getting a TUV certification, which is very popular in Europe. It's just becoming more popular here. Um, so it's got to carry all the environmental credentials and then really around that scale and cost. So, and that's why the platform becomes so successful because like foam, this is, you know, a lot of volume here. It's expensive to ship this stuff around the world. So if I'm producing it one way, then I'm hauling it all over the place. I defeat a lot of the environmental advantages. Mm -hmm. And you've also performed what's called- Yeah, like LC offsets it. Yeah, an LCA, which is called the life cycle analysis on this. So it goes through everything from the ingredients, how it's processed, and the punchline is that we're two and a half times lower emission than polystyrene. So it's it's really significant. But there again, the key to that is where we can then allow for manufacturing to show up anywhere in Mexico, in South America. We're talking to, I saw Blue Glacier here today, another company that we're talking to imports, I think the second largest importer of salmon into the, into the United States of America, right? So you've got to really be able to have the properties around insulation, uh, you've got to really have the ability to have environmental credentials. So whether they're a B Corp or a B certified corp, and then you've got to be able to scale it in a way that makes it easy for them to adopt and cost is a big, a big component of that. So let's talk about the foam itself. You talked about the process and all of the engineers that were trying to figure this out. How did they do it? What, what is this material? Because you teased a little bit, like what, what are we working with here? Um, because I think that's what people are going to be super interested in. Yeah, so what, what we're known for is the magic of turning discarded shrimp shells into foam. So this really core secret, this core secret ingredient is called chitin, and it's actually the second most abundant biopolymer on the planet, just second to cellulose, right? And it's found, we utilize um, waste from shrimp shells. And if you think about any crustacean like a, a a lobster or a crab or a shrimp, that shell is like really lightweight, but strong. So it's strength to weight ratio is, is quite extraordinary as a polymer. And that's a really key ingredient in producing something that's gonna have those performance characteristics of that. It's also found in um, a lot of plant structure, and it's also found in a lot of insect cell wall structure, again, because of, of those capabilities. And then we've used a variety of starches and other all natural ingredients that have helped to really, you know, create something that's truly, you know, as our tagline says, follows nature, that it's there for as long as you need it. 
and then when it's ready to to have its circular uh, end of life, we're able to whether it's through recycling or through a composting. You know, we break down, we deliver nitrogen, which is a really important uh, agri-soil property, and truly deliver a full circular you know product in nature. So. Uh, a lot of the magic is in those ingredients. Yeah. So, wh- uh, what types of what do you what do you make with it? Is it shipping boxes? Is it like what do you walk us through? What, what's available? Yeah. So, in the seafood industry, we're really looking at how do we replace these styrofoam coolers, right? So, largely, so we're abil- our ability to then extrude this and then um, allow for us to create n variety of different sizes, right? You know, I know. Like Blue Glacier, I think their largest format, they ship 35 pounds of salmon that's air freighted uh, from Chile into Miami. So another big piece of this thing is that I talked about those properties, but it has to be lightweight because, you know, flying salmon is pretty. So if you're adding all the weight into the shipping container. So that's the other challenge we talked about these properties and that you have to have a low density so that it's really lightweight, right, to do that. And um, that's been part of just like really focusing on what the customer need is, what problems are they really trying to solve, and are we doing that in a way that is not only um, meets their needs, but really exceeds their needs and gives them something. Like I said, you don't want inferior products that cost more. And I remember like the reason why people buy Tesla, it, it really isn't because it's electric. That's an, like, and I, and I, I, we're not too far away from like, no one's going to buy a product that's bad for the earth. Like, I think that really is in our horizon. That's going to become, yeah, but it's going to become, you know, fewer and fewer because it's just such an important brand attribute going forward. When people open up a package, you see all these styrofoam peanuts falling all over the place or know that this, and just throw that in the recycle. It gets all weeded out. It's in our waterways. I just read not only is like microplastics in our lungs, it's in the clouds, it's in our atmosphere right now too, right? So... For sure. So what's obviously the reception to this has been positive. <laughs> what uh, what have you seen in the in the last couple of years as you've kind of like been putting this out there? Like what has it have people just been going crazy for it? What is uh, you know, what's it been like? Yeah. So uh, it, it's the demand is really what's been incredibly refreshing, knowing that you know, finally, this has really become a requirement. These very large companies are looking for alternatives to the current, whether it's a polystyrene cooler in the in the seafood industry or people that are shipping subscription meat products or protecting a TV or a stove or other durable good. Um, having said that, there's a lot of work to make sure that you make the transition as effortless and as seamless as possible. So a big part of that is like the format of the material. So a lot of polyethylene is used today for cushioning material. And that comes in a 48 wide sheet and 108, it's extruded. And it's die cut into lots of, so I've I've seen companies that used to ship like coffee cups and styrofoam. So they now they're getting polyethylene, they're die cutting it and putting the mug in there. So at least they're getting off of the polystyrene, but next wave is like, how do I, how do I get this material here? So really solving that challenge and getting, you know, this material though runs on existing extrusion manufacturing, chemically and molecular, it's a very different, so it behaves very differently. So we've done, we're leading in so many different areas in addition to just the foam and the properties and getting a sheet die. So we've already gotten 24 inches of width and that's really like where you need to be because half of 48 is 24. So when people are converting their die cutting, they can use all of the same infrastructure that they have. So not only we use the same infrastructure to manufacture it, 
all these converters that are buying kind of raw foam to incorporate that into a package. And same thing in the seafood industry where we can take this and create n number of different cooler configurations, flat pack that. So like, you know, just really looking at reducing that cost and giving them a great alternative to what they have today. So. Inflation is hitting businesses around the globe hard, but taking action to deal with inflationary pressures now can position your business to thrive in the future. At Grant Thornton, our experienced business advisors can help you manage risks, unlock opportunities, and preserve your legacy for future generations. Learn more at grantthornton.ca. I don't know if you said this in the beginning of the conversation or not, but what year did this become a reality, right? You had these ideas, you had, you were probably um, doing a lot of trial and error and trying to check all these boxes, but. Yeah, so like any, you know, early stage companies, they're really hard, nine out of 10 fail for a variety of reasons. And I have to give a lot of credit to uh, our CEO and co-founder John Feltz, who in the early days, and I joined the board six years ago, struggling to raise money. He literally, I remember was delivering pizza to make ends meet. Uh, he was doing that while he had the, the, the birth of a new daughter. So to have that resiliency, to have that vision and see and be able to stick with that is just a testament to his incredible leadership. But I would say clearly like two and a half years ago when John and Marco came and asked him ready to jump in full time, you know, not just being a good board member, hopefully a good board member. Um, but uh, it was at that time when just the, the customer momentum uh, in our mind was really validated the need for this. And I would say it really hasn't been until the last year where we've been able to evolve the technology where we could actually scale it and get it out there. So we literally launched full-scale commercial operations this month. So we've got an operation that is foaming. It's initially the first ones here in North Carolina, is south of here a little bit. Uh, and then we've got other manufacturing plants that we're working with to get those up and running. But, it, but it, just a lot of work to get everything dialed in dot every I cross every T where now it's ready to go. So two years ago, I'd say where the customer validation was very clear. And then um, a year ago where, where we really had to then make substantial progress to finalize the formula and finalize this portable com uh, commercial uh, application, this commercial platform. So uh, that's really when I just, that momentum just took a whole different level. And what regions have you seen the most up pickup from like I know you mentioned compostable that the need for it to be compostable is a little bit yeah. bigger in Europe and somewhat in the United States but yeah other than those regions are you seeing interest I, I, I would say the biggest areas are number one United States typically lags Europe in terms of sustainability it just does right there's a different mindset there so to see the the US based companies now that are moving in a very aggressive way, similar to European companies. So that in and of itself is a very, very big change. Probably though, the, the biggest has really been in China and Southeast Asia, where literally, you know, I, I got an email from a very wealthy family office in Taiwan that owns several manufacturing for electronics. The fact that they're reaching out, looking for sustainable alternatives, not only Chinese companies, Japanese companies, those that are also manufacturing in China. So that's really what's been like really a very refreshing, you know, 
uh, shift in mindset where I think these companies talked about these goals and their board of directors and their public statements, but now they're having to filter through. So it's going to the packaging group and operations team like, hey, where are we in reducing this styrofoam and polyethylene and, other, and polypropylene at statute? So that momentum has really been just really sort of like, I think, compounding on top of itself. So soon we have to go get ready for the Innovation Award kind of voting and ceremony for 2023. Um, so I want to, before we do that, talk about 2022. I want to talk about what that experience has been and kind of what benefits you've noticed uh, came from that, winning that Innovation Award last year, besides yeah. landing a spot on the prestigious Aquademia podcast. Yeah. So it, it had um, a huge positive impact on our company. One, just internally, um, the effects on our hard engineers and commercial operations, the whole company is working really, really hard. So I was just more to see all the hard work and, and be recognized for that. But more importantly, you know, we've touted that in all of our marketing communications. And one of the things that we've done is so I give Leslie Nakajima, our chief marketing officer, a ton of credit and her marketing team is just the unbelievable brand that we've built. And we've really focused on organic SEO or search engine optimization. So where we can really meet intent. So when somebody from wherever types in, you know, bio substitute for polystyrene, and we come up organically in that. So we've utilized uh, this prestigious award that we won last year in lots of our social media, our search engine optimization strategy. So it's had a really huge halo effect to this day. Um, and, and being able to tout, again, the credentials of this, uh, the folks here at Responsible Seafood Summit that you know felt that our, our product was deserving of that award. I know, I know, I think there's like over 200 applicants for that award, I think from over 50 countries around the world. So to be selected and then to win that award just meant a lot to our company. So we're honored. You're really looking at how you can, you you've need to scale this. The demand is clearly there and, and you just have almost reached a milestone as of like right now. What is, what does the future hold? What else can you tell us? Where do you, where do you see Cruise Foam in another year or two? Yeah, that's a great question. So the hard work is just starting. Uh, and either you love that and you thrive on like solving really hard challenges or you don't. So we're always going to be constantly uh, cutting costs out of the equation. Because if we don't do that, then we're going to have very limited success and we're not going to not, not only be, not be able to fulfill customer needs, but slow down the adoption of these really sustainable material, right? And I think it's just focused on how do you create amazing products that your customers love? Having said that, there are a massive a range of like really novel applications that folks are you know, calling in. How to basically, one example is um, little substrate grow media today for small leafy plants. There's two materials used, Rockwell's, Rockwell's one, it doesn't biodegrade too well. And one's peat moss. PMOS is great when it's in the ground because it absorbs CO2. When you extract it then, it, then it emits CO2. So we've been doing some testing and it's looking at some of the early tests show this is an amazing substitute where you could grow that small leafy plant and then the material will just dissolve after, usually it's about a 45 day cycle for that. So, you know, folks that have called about, you know, compostable earplugs on construction sites and concerts, and the list just goes on and on just kind of in this, and then on top of that, the construction industry is probably two to three times larger than the packaging industry. 
So that in and of itself, the, you know, home insulation, blown in foam and that type of material. So there's really just a huge extraordinary need for the new set of materials. And as I said, we're not too far away from like the fact that the minimum bar will be, I'm not gonna buy something that's bad for the planet. So it's incumbent on innovators and entrepreneurs and disruptors to create really great products that truly solve customer needs. I think you're at a really exciting point. And there's, I mean, you can't even really say the sky is the limit because you can go higher than that, right? And I think you, you look at where, where else can you utilize this type of product? Yeah, it was, I know John last week was at, uh, Climate Tech in New York, and we've got an amazing design and prototyping team that uh, we just don't see our job as just creating foam. That's obviously an incredibly important part, but more importantly, like, how do we imagine the future? And we do that by actually, like, these first set of products, we've designed them at Cruise Foam. So mostly a foam manufacturer would just put the foam out there. We needed to make sure that we can lead and create compelling products versus just not leave it up to, well, half it's half-baked idea. Like, how do we really get there? How do you inspire the market? How do you, like, you know, capture the imagination of the marketplace, right? And I think, you know, focusing on doing that with this cooler product, we've got another product called the Cruise Wrap, which the wine industry is really adopting right now, which is designed for 750 milliliter bottles. It can both insulate. So, again, a lot of styrofoam gets shipped with wine and other spirits. How do we replace those types of applications? We have a protective mailer that we've designed. Rivian, we did, matter of fact, we had a piece on CNBC last night where we got highlighted. Rivian is now shipping a limited edition license plate in the cruise foams called Cruise Pack. Uh, I'm sorry, it's called Cruise Protect, um, where that now is being shipped out in a really cool looking uh, cruise foam protective mailer. And then this whole block and brace, you know, cushion curve area from the likes of people shipping printers and sh people shipping TVs and refrigerators and stoves and the list just goes on and on. We're doing huge design and prototyping work already. People shipping skylights, dishwashers. And the list just goes on and on where, you know, we're working with their packaging engineers because either they're coming out of polystyrene or they're coming out of polyethylene. And then how do we make sure that we do all the testing, ensure that not only meet the cushion curves and other really technical aspects um, around the properties that are needed for that. So that's that's been amazing. Well, and if any of our listeners want to get a glimpse at what some of this packaging looks like, they can go right to the website. And, and some of the things you just mentioned are right there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's actually a good place to transfer into one of our one of our last two questions um if there are any listeners that want to get in contact with you for whatever reason whether potential customer or just to learn more or want to have you on their podcast something like that what's the best way for people to get in contact with you yeah so there's two areas one the easiest is toby t-o-b-y at cruisefoam.com um my email also carries my mobile number i'm free to any customer can call me any time of the night, night or day. I'll, I'll throw that out here on this line, 408-966-9130. We'd love to hear from you, whether you're a student looking to how to solve some of, the, of our biggest challenges or a potential customer or a potential partner, or just someone who wants to learn more about the story and how we did it, feel free to reach out. We, we'd like to pay it forward. Fantastic. Well, we will put your contact info and the website on the show notes so our listeners can, see, can find all that. Um, but I think we got some stuff to do, so... You know, we're all busy here at the show, so 
Toby, thank you so much, man, for joining us. We really yeah. appreciate it. This yeah, was awesome. Thanks, yeah. joining us. Now, I want to thank you guys. One, thank you again for an amazing award and those that voted for us. <laughs> um, and uh, as I said, it's really an honor to be here. I love the work that what this conference stands for, what this conference does, what this conference represents. I was marking this mor mar uh, remarking this morning how the quality of the presentations, how insightful they are, the data in and of itself, for those that haven't been, you really should come out and check this conference out. Uh, it is is one of the most educational, I think, good uses of time to learn what's going on in this, the, the responsible seafood industry. So, hey, thanks for yeah, having me no, on. Thanks, thanks so for joining us. Really appreciate thanks. it.